Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jeff and Casey Show. Hello, and welcome to the Jeff and Casey Show. I am, of course, your host, Casey Miratori. Yes, and I'm Jeff Roberts. And today, we're going to jump right into our topic, because there's a lot to say about it, which is Windows 8. That's right. Now, you've been doing a lot of Windows 8 de-evangelizing. <laughs> yeah, is that like a term? Anti-evangelizing. Do uh, they have de-evangelists? De de you could be a de-evangelist. A de-evangelist. I like it. I like yeah. it. We're so, kind of de-evangelists in life in general. That's true. Because we are a little crabby. That is Everything true. sucks. Gr well, and, grumpy and old, every I, Yeah, I think of myself as a grumpy old man. Yeah. I, I guess I'm not technically old enough yet to be grumpy. I'm getting there. I don't think I'm grumpy. I think everything now sucks. So it's that's, really not that's what that means, though. So, that's but what that means. What I don't like, I, and, and I think we talked a little bit about this, yeah. is I don't especially like when everyone else likes something that is obviously, objectively, yes. not right. even one of those things where right. you're like, well, it's, like, oh, it's an action fence. movie, so you yeah. no, no, this is broken. Right. And right. and the fact that it's getting like 80% right. of Rotten Tomatoes like the Dark depresses the shit out of me. Okay. Right, it yeah. freaks me out. I yeah. feel more alien than usual. Yeah. Anyway, let's not go on to get buried in that. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about Windows 8. So right. you have been doing a lot recently. Yeah, well, so what's interesting about that is you wanted to do Windows 8 for this podcast, yes. which is interesting, because you'd think I would be the one who wanted to do Windows 8. Yeah. But no. You want to do Windows 8. Yeah, and I, so I we'll, have a different thing I want to talk thing. about. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll briefly recap, but then we'll, we'll kind of go into your thing because yeah. that was really the reason for the podcast. So, yeah, my problem in general is I, I know that a lot of people are sort of platform fanatics, right? right? There's a lot of people out there who are like really big Windows fans, really sure. big Apple fans, really big PlayStation fans, whatever it is, right? Right. And I've never really been, you know in that zone. Yeah. I think the last time that I was that kind of thing was like the Amiga computer. Yeah. I used to be like, Amigas are awesome or whatever, yeah. right? And ever since then, I've, I've never yeah. had that feeling where I'm I've like, had the, I'm, I'm, yes, this yeah. is the platform, right? Kind in the thing. in the Jeff and Casey way, I've only hated things about platforms. <laughs> yeah. I've rarely yeah. liked things yes. about them. I will say the yeah. one that really got me was the first iPhone. You liked was, that. Was, you liked that. Yeah, before it okay. all got, and then Apple got evil and everything, it was okay. like, hey, this is a very, that first iPhone was pretty breathtaking. That. Okay. I did not, From have, then that, on, I did not have that feeling about the I first I felt like iPhone. the, it, it, and it took about, it right. took like two or three months, and then all of a sudden you see right. the flaws, but that first experience was okay. pretty magic. Yeah. So, my feeling since then has generally been, I have felt that computing platforms have almost exclusively been getting worse, right? Because from my perspective, <laughs> You know, I don't tend to think about computing platforms in sort of a, I am a consumer buying a, compu a, cons a, you know, a computing platform right, right. for a particular set of consumer needs and evaluating in that way, right? right. I am, tend to look at it because I, I do software development. Sure. I tend to look at it from more of like a long-term approach. It's like, are things moving in the direction that they need to be moving to keep computing interesting and innovative and real? Like, okay. if, you know, where are we going with this, yeah. right? And so in some sense, I've always sort of looked at my initial experiences with computers, which were like in the 1980s. I've always looked at those, and that, that's as a child, right? Right, right, right. I've always looked at those as the core part of what drives computers forward. And what that is, is that a person mm -hmm. can buy a computer. Sure, okay. That is a computer that they will use to do things, right? You know, and what that's whatever the things are the computers used for at that time. Spreadsheets, word processing, email, whatever it whatever is at the it time. Is. Right. It wasn't email back then, right? But I mean, right. you know it is now, whatever. They can buy that, and that thing is completely documented in a way that they can then re-contribute to what computing can do. So okay. 
in addition to me doing the things that my computer is already supposed to do as a consumer sort of proposition, right? I can also become part of the way forward so to make what you're the saying, next set of things. Right? So since people mostly watch pornography on their computers, you just want to be able to <laughs> make their own pornography right. with this computer. Clearly. Without, without... Clearly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. I understand. I would not have chosen to put it that way. Okay. But sure. Yeah. Uh, and so, to that's me... Not, that's not that... Obs I mean, it's absurd, but it is the sense of using a computer to right. make no, something sure, creative. Certainly. Right. And I mean, if you want to make it something that's perhaps less objectionable to people, right? Yeah. It's something as simple as, you know, I get this computer and I do, you know, uh, email on it mm -hmm. to connect with my friends or whatever. And then I get this idea, wouldn't it be nice if there was like a way that it sort of kept track of who my friends were, right? Mm -hmm. And like, hey, then we had Friendster and Facebook, yeah. and right? That's what, ha those, you know, you know, you can go watch the, the movie Social Network, which is not super accurate, right? right. But, but it gives you the basic idea. It's, it's a kid who right. has an idea of how to make something cool right. and there was nobody there stopping him, right? right. He could just go make that thing. Right. And but there's, and even taking it away from a technological thing if somebody's right. watching this and thinking that, you can think of the same thing of like, hey, parents filming their kids dancing to a Prince song and then Prince removing any video from YouTube. It's like, it is a, cons yeah. it, it, these are the kind of constraints that Prohibit right. people but doing what they are with their devices. Of, yes, one is one of, is. Yes, yes. it is all about control at some level, yes. but there are definitely different sides of point. Control is the most interesting thing about this. It whole is argument. the it, yeah. it's it's the it's the part that sits on top of everything. It's yeah. about who has the control to make mm -hmm. the decisions about what you can and cannot do. Is right. obviously it right. underlies all of that stuff. Right. But so, and the reason that I have this feeling is not you know it's not some kind of weird like oh random open source zealot kind of thing or right. anything like this it's just that is what i have seen actually create the future right. everything you go back to was made by people in this mode right, right? that's where the world wide web comes from that's where like right. you know everything really that you are using today right. so you can forget comes... about the you you can forget about the like point of like people should be able to do what they want from their devices which may or may not be true right. but more of the thing of like just historically being able to use this your is, computers in unusual what, ways is yes. where the breakthroughs happen this is where where it happens and you know and it's it's everywhere from a kid in a dorm room doing something yep. crazy and awesome to you know even people at darpanet like military funded people right using open computer like even right. things that were not projects done by some consumer who bought something we're still taking advantage of the fact that these things were open because right. even commercial projects oftentimes would never have happened sure. if, if it weren't for the open. Right. Well, the iPhone would not have happened without BSD and yeah. Hilariously, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, yes, mock microkernel, free BSD, these things were required right. for Apple to ever have the comeback that it had. Mm -hmm. um, and it still underpins a lot of their technology today, right? And so what I see happening very clearly as a trend is all of the platforms that we have are increasingly becoming locked down to the point where this is no longer true. Okay. Right? They are now, the people who provide the platforms right. are trying to assert control, often not even for a measurable gain. Right. It is often simply because it is perceived that more control is better. Right. Right? So a lot of times you yeah, might- Yeah, 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 I see what you're You sure. might even, like, yeah. you know, like, I don't think Apple sat down and went, you know, when we ship this iPhone, should it be closed or open? Right. And they went and like, here's all the metrics that we use to like 
hard data determined that our platform will be more successful closed than open? No. Right. They just say, if we have controls better, so we controlled it. Right. right? And like that's the same thing, you know. And so, in fact, I think if people look at the data, almost always open wins. Open like, always does win. And that's one of the interesting things about Windows 8 is Microsoft is a company. Now, it seems funny to say Microsoft is an open company in, 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 in the yes. software because it that's is. True. There are closed source and all that. But open in the sense that they have always understood that having a lot of software developers right. without constraints is what makes their platform strong. Right. And it is what makes it still being used by like 95% right. of people yes. at 95% of computing. Right. Like it's easy to forget right. with Microsoft in the state that it's in yes. that they still don't have a ridiculous monopoly. A monopoly stronger than the iPhone oh, much, by yeah. far. Yes, the desktop, Stronger than the, desktop the iPad Windows, and yeah. tablets. Like the even the tablets on iPad, they right. only have like 65%. So like forget Everything well, we understand. Even majority share. Yeah. So no, right. Not, it's, it's not at all. Monopoly. But it's like, not something yeah. we even Windows think about desktop, because you forget yes. this stuff of like, yeah. oh, hey, every single person right. goes into work and works on a Windows machine. That's they right. just do. Yeah. And um, now Microsoft is starting to play with that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, uh, this is one of the big things. Like, you know, I in general don't like this about any platform, but a lot of the like, with uh, with the iPhones or the iPads and those sorts of things, those are less sensitive to me. I would prefer that they all be open, right? Right, but they're, I'm less sensitive to that primarily because that machine. I kind of just don't even like those machines in general. <laughs> I can't really use them to develop software right. very effectively. Like they're right. not. I don't want my kids to grow up thinking an iPad is a computer right. because they can't get their hands dirty with that. They're right. never gonna make cool stuff with that. They're gonna make very topical stuff. They're gonna like make some little video that right. they shared to the web or something like that. It's like, I want them to know how computers work. I want them to know how programs work. I want them to, that to be like an open world for them, right? And so when I think about Windows, I think of the primary desktop platform and that hits much closer to home right. for me because it's like that would have been the platform that I would have taught, you know, the next generation of people. I would have been mm -hmm. like, this is where we live, right? This is right. how you make software, whatever. And like iPads, right. consoles, they are closed, yes, but there are places that we ship software. Right. We don't build on them, right? Well, and that's an important thing of like, you could teach somebody to program on Linux or any other Macintosh yes. or whatever. And the, we will probably have to now, yes. but yes, I mean, right. But teaching somebody on Windows is actually important in the sense that if they eventually are going to sell their software, right. that's the marketplace. That that's is it. The marketplace. And then like, hey, you may not want to sell your software. You may want to give it away for free. Right. You may want to sell, put it on every platform you want. But right now, Right. The way you make money yeah. is on Windows. Right. It's not even on iOS where you hear these amazing success right. stories. iOS is a much smaller software it's market. It's a tiny, tiny fraction, tiny fraction right. of 1% right. of the actual right. software market that's yeah. in the general case, yeah. which is all right now right. on Windows. It's, it's somewhere around, like 100x is a little overstating it, but it's roughly around there. It's the, the software market is over $200 billion on Windows, and it's $3 billion on iPhone yearly. So okay. you're, you're talking about like, there's no comparison between right, those right. two markets, right? Um, yeah, people, 
I think part of that too, we, and this is probably a topic for a different podcast, but Apple is very good at the PR aspects of their marketplace is good. But the truth is their marketplace is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a terrible software market. It's horrible. Right. Um, and you know, I think you can see that both in the types of apps that are right. available for it and in the lack of money going to developers. Because right. what they'll do is they'll take the one developer who made money you know, nobody made money last month, but this one developer. Right, and they'll right, be right. like, developer makes $500,000 last month. And you're like, it's also for that one dude, but that right. is not an industry. An industry right. has to be many, many developers, hundreds of developers sustainably making money every month to employ people to develop. I think it's also, you, you know, forget, you, you, you don't have the sense of scale. So when you everyone talks about Angry Birds and like you see the massive amount of... Um, just merch that they sell everywhere. Even that is a hundred million dollar uh, company. It's peanuts. That a hundred million dollars to say Microsoft, uh, they would shut that down. That's yeah. not a big enough market well, here's for them the thing. to continue is, with. So Angry Birds, like in their lifetime right. on that franchise, I think I computed it out to something like eighty million dollars on the franchise, right? right? Eighty million dollars. If you look at something on the PC, right? right. Like World of Warcraft, for right. example, right. is our most right. successful title to point at. $80 million is hilarious right, lifetime. Right, right, right. They'd be like, what are you talking about? $80 million? It's like, we can make right. that in a couple months. Right, right, right. It's right. like... Minecraft does more than that It's just now. poof. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. And that's a small... Um, th yeah. So it is yeah. It is just funny of like, people think that it is this um, yeah. gold rush. And the yeah. market's actually pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, and I think a little bit that, that comes from a lot of reasons, but also I just think it's Apple just in general doesn't value software very highly. It's not well, something they, they, they are a hardware well. company. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. not to get down to that, that, that rat hole, uh, because there's definitely a podcast to be had about, yeah. like, is, the, is iOS a good marketplace or isn't it? And, right. and, how, and all the numbers there. So I think the thing, just to get back to the Windows 8 topic, from my perspective, the problem with it there is that Microsoft is definitely actively taking steps now that mm -hmm. is going to make this not true. Like, right. it is not going to be the kind of platform that I feel comfortable with. Right. It's not a platform that's going to be developable, that you can develop in general as an end user and disseminate your software, right? right? It's going to be restricted as to what can be distributed on it, like all of these things. The Windows 8 store is a terrible, terrible thing right. for computing, period. On, on the desktop. Like, on the desktop. Yeah, like who cares about the um, shitty at shitty? Like oh, the, you're the talking tablets. RT or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, Ignoring all that stuff. Like, yeah. just think, and the reason for that is because Windows was an open marketplace of software. Right. That was a very important thing. Right. And the fact that... It's that the it, reason they won. It is. Well, yes. It's, yeah. But, uh, and the fact that that's now going to be gone is something that I think everyone who is serious about software development right. needs to really take a look at and go, what are we going to do about this? Because right. this is not, like, right. something that can be left at all. Right. Because, again, the, 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 there's not anywhere you can go, right? right? You have to look and go, what are we going to do if Windows just collapses? It's no longer a place where you can freely develop software and freely create your own business model. Right. Like if, when, when that goes away and Microsoft's calling on that, what are you going to do? Right. And, you know, you, it's not as simple as just, oh, we'll just switch to Linux or something. It's like, Linux is not a mature enough platform right now. I mean, it right. has a lot of installation problems. I know because I've installed many distributions. I've looked mm -hmm. at a lot of stuff now as a result yep. of this. And we need to do, as software developers, we need to do some serious work to like pave that path, right. which you know I'm totally you know gonna work on. Like I, that's something I'm actively interested in pursuing. And Valve is trying to mm -hmm. do stuff like that now yep. and so on. But there's a lot of work to be done there. And I guess so. Part of the thing that I've been trying to do, in addition to calling attention to stuff, is just go, hey, software developers, like 
we need to care about this right. and we need to stop we need to like basically shut down windows like we need to move right. to an open platform right. and use windows as as a platform that you target it's just yeah. another target it's platform. another console now right, right? right and we need to build a strong home base right. a place for op where uh, open software development can work and right. that doesn't mean open source I'm talking about software you sell, right. like stuff you make money from, right. right? We need a home for that that Microsoft isn't controlling. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as a company controls it, you are totally go at the whim of whether they make good decisions. Right. We know Microsoft doesn't make good decisions. Hopefully nobody needs convincing of that, right? The right. history of Microsoft's bad decision making is legendary right. at this point. Uh, whether it's for, you know all the way from antitrust on the evil decision-making right. side to just things you look at that they've made decisions that were just dumb or bad well, or just ill-advised. One right? of these things that I think is funny about all this is forgetting the antitrust stuff for yeah. a second and them being like what they do and didn't think they couldn't do. What they believed they could do and what they believed they couldn't do as part of antitrust. Right. Apple has done them the hugest favor. And you can say uh, in terms of like them wanting to fuck up their own platform. Okay. Because uh, Apple dominates people's mental picture of computing right yes. now. Um, right. Even though in the general case, they don't, it, it is not, it is a right. very small amount of the market, That's but people point. think about them as our computers of the day. Yeah. They aren't. Like yeah. for the most part, they just aren't. Yeah. Even if you're a Mac person, you spend, and, and you're a developer, or anybody that does things for work, right. is going to be on a MacBook, right? right? He's not going to be doing shit on an iPad. I know right. one person right. that writes on an iPad, and he right. almost lost all his shit, right? Yeah. It was a disaster. <laughs> Salty. Anyway, so we have this uh, uh, we have this uh, 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 thought that like uh, Apple dominates, especially right. because it like stock price they do dominate. Right. That doesn't matter. That right. is like the stock is as much of a popularity contest as anything you've ever encountered yeah. in high school or wherever that you feel is unfair. Right. That is true of Apple right. too. And we're definitely actually on that peak and we've talked right. about that before too. But what I was gonna say about this is, now Microsoft goes, people have taken our, they're not paying really attention to us. We can start closing off our platform. Whereas if we had done this before Apple had their comeback, the whole antitrust thing would have spun right back up. Well, so, they, because yeah. they still own. Yeah. They still have. In fact, you could argue that their monopoly is just as strong So now. here's the thing. Their monopoly is actually stronger now. But I think, first of all, I'll say two things about that. First, I think the antitrust thing is actually still going to happen. Right? Mm. The, I, like, that, that push is coming. So I think I will, I will be very surprised if the Windows 8 store does not face like yeah. heavy EU right. sanctions at the very least, right. if not also in the US, yeah. right? Uh, because you I'm simply surprised. can't, that is, it, Microsoft is definitely a desktop yeah. monopoly. They have 90% of that market and nobody argues otherwise. Yeah. And to literally insert yourself into the revenue stream right. for apps sold on that is so far beyond even anything right. they were accused of or convicted of, well, I mean, they weren't really convicted yeah. of settlement, right. but, uh, found to be doing in the antitrust case originally. Yeah, because right? you have to think about these Autodesk or yeah. Adobe. These right. are billion-dollar companies. Oh, 10, yeah. 15, 20 billion-dollar oh, yes. companies 
who are not going to live with 30% of their right. revenue just whoop, yeah. taken away. They'll ship desktop as long as they can. As soon as it seems like it's not, that whole thing could just spin right back up. Well, it's like, 20% of their revenue, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, they're 80-20 split? They're 80-20 split after, at the levels of software sales that Adobe and Autodesk will definitely do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they yeah. are massive sales coming right. up, right? Um, yeah, so the interesting thing about uh, all of that as well, though, to me, right, is ignoring all that stuff. Like, yeah. let's say the antitrust thing does go down, any of that sort of thing. The thing that I think this, th there's a lesson here, I guess, that, uh, that I've learned, which is that I think we can't afford to be lazy anymore. Because as a software developer, I think about it, I'm, I've kind of been complacent in the fact that like I let Microsoft ship this operating system for me. Right. That is the thing that I use to edit my code, mm -hmm. the thing that I use to build my code on, right? Mm -hmm. It's the thing that most consoles use to build their code on now, mm -hmm. right? And so on and so forth. And we just it's part of the way that we develop and ship software and develop software even when we don't ship it on that platform, right? Okay. And in exchange for that, we have given up way too much control over our own destiny, right? We have given up too much control over the future of how software gets made mm -hmm. by because Windows is good enough, right? Right. And what I think this is teaching me, or I think this has taught me rather, is that it is very clear to me that you cannot trust these people with that yeah. future. Okay, so even yeah, if that's they, a good point. Right? Even if yeah. they get sued for antitrust or there's government action or whatever happens, even if that happens, right? It'll just ten years later. It'll the, happen. Right, the problem is that that is like we should never let it get to that point, right. right? It should be up to us as software developers to say we are going to take control over this. Right. Like we are not going to let people tell us how the software industry goes right. because we're the ones who make all the, the programs. And and and. and you can do these things in steps That's that are right. not painful. You can also do these things in terms of right. you don't have to give up a revenue stream. Right. right? Like you, Windows can still be a target just like Xbox, right. just like I, iOS is. Because everybody is doing cross-platform stuff for the most part anyway nowadays anyway. Right. It's just the idea of taking, taking steps towards making your primary environment not one that's under control. Right. And and then and, and, right. and the reason well, there's two then, things. And, there's and, two that, things and that will and the reason for that is not yeah. because like, oh hey, you know, you're it might be a pain in the ass to do that switch later. The idea is if smart people are using the platform it gets night better. and day, yeah. it gets better. There's there's yeah. actually two things. So that's one of them. Mm -hmm. But there's a second thing that I think is equally important. And what that is is professional programmers, like the very best programmers have not stepped up to the plate and made the proper platform abstraction layer. Yeah. Because software right now is very tied to an operating system. Yep. And certain software developers have made platform abstraction layers that are okay, mm -hmm. but they're internal. Right. The software abstraction layers that exist in the wild that you can use are not Nightmare. industrial strength. Right. They are not good enough. Right. Right. And I, I apologize to the people who work on things like this, but mm -hmm. it's just true. They right. are not at the level that they need to be. Yeah. Such that you, you can, can see that it, it very quickly. I mean, oh, yeah, load right. P4V instead of P4Win right. and right. just wonder why right, everything right. is fucked, yeah. right? Like it, UI-wise. There's, yeah. there's, and so I think the problem is, again, it's that the, the complacence and the laziness, I blame myself for this, right? Mm -hmm. It's like me and every other software developer who's ever done 
these other parts of things, you know, for internal parts or whatever, we need to stop looking at things that way. Mm -hmm. We need to go, the most important thing is to like cut operating system people off at the nuts. It's like, <laughs> these people need to just be a dime a dozen, right. right? It's like, we need to be able to build software that will run anywhere, right. and it'll run exactly the same, right? right? And we, we can do this, it's hard, right. but we can do well, essentially that, and once that's true, all of these people lose all of their power. Because right. as soon as somebody can go ship the Ouya, right, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. That's just a thing that runs everything. Or and it's anything. It's like, oh, Qnix no. or just anything. Just it's randomly done, shipped. Right? Yeah. The control that Microsoft and Apple and these people have over what is able to be shipped as software is over the day that all software is trivial to retarget. Right. Because nobody doesn't ship on all the platforms because they don't want the extra money. Right. They don't ship on the platforms because it takes work. It takes real effort. Right and experience for them to right. do so, right? If I want to go ship something on Android tomorrow, if I want to go ship something on iOS tomorrow, if I want to go ship something on the Xbox 360, it takes real experience right. to do those things. Right. But if we, have, if we solve those problems instead, and we right. solve them once, and we have really good people well, working on that extraction layers, we can solve these right. problems. And it's also funny because people talk about the fact, well, if you have this abstraction layer, you're gonna take a performance penalty. Like that compared to say running on JavaScript so that you can run everywhere is, is Still, hundreds of times better. Plus, and it's I like, don't. I don't think we. You actually. Will. And I don't think. Well, I mean, and, I feel like there are some. The highest end of what you can get out of any platform. Yes. Is always going to be. A, you're always going to be able to do a little bit better by native. But you're talking, that, really highest of highest end games are the only thing that need that. Like well, nothing else so needs it anymore. I don't actually know how true that actually is, right? Because the interesting thing about that too, is that. We haven't, again, taken this problem as the primary problem to solve, yeah. right? Because what, what I, I could make the equivalent argument, for example, about like an optimizing compiler, right? Mm -hmm. I could say like, there's no way that we could like make a thing that will like produce, you know, that will take yeah. input code and produce code that runs quickly on both an ARM and an x64, yeah. right? But but we are getting closer and closer to exactly yeah, that. But there we're still farther away than... Uh, the, the only point I would say about that is, I don't think you can ever say that you can make that perfect. And I think that there will always be some application on a particular platform that's important to use every last drop. And that's probably more so true of games. Like uh, Example-wise, we have had generated code that, mm -hmm. like from the generator up from Ming 2 that yep. has beaten the handwritten code. Yeah. But, well, I... Sure. Once you're at but that's that a good but that's a good example of the opposite too, which is we could the compiler back ends that we use still leave ten percent of the performance on the table. Like there's right. still but this is what I'm saying. So and that is because we are not taking that seriously. Yeah. Like why did I beat the Xbox yeah. 360 compiler? Yeah. That should never have happened, right? right? But it happens because you have to care about that performance and build the right. platform abstraction layer in such a way that it is able to generate the high performance stuff correctly, which right. I think we actually have the capability I'm a to little, do now. I'm a little nervous on things like some of the new consoles that are coming out where the graphics uh, is as much of a coprocessor as it is a GPU, yeah. where the, the kickoffs are so low overhead, you can like kick something off Knop three times and read the results. Those are just things that are going to be hard to abstract in any way where they also run on a general 
operating system as well. The well, question is, again, is that only yeah. that's going to be a small percentage of stuff? But that's also not necessarily what cross-platform means. Yeah. Right? Like cross-platform does not mean that I can take something that's true. that runs on you know a GeForce you know 680 or something like that. It's like and a make it faster. Right? And yeah. make it run on a Tegra, right? right? Like right. that's not right. a possibility, right? These right. are two very different devices. What it means is that it allows the person writing the code to n understand an abstract description of what is possible to code, right. right? Such as I have the ability to target a code processor, and here's a language right. I can use to describe the operations that it does, right? right. And allow them to very easily read about, understand, and put in code to support those right. things in a way that will recompile properly on right. multiple of these coprocessors of a similar like power curve, yep. right? And although, again, even if you look at it from like, well, okay, maybe we can never get it completely perfect because you need to like change too yeah. much on either one of these things. But that's okay. The that's, truth of the matter is you're right. You're right. almost nobody actually goes and right. hand codes enough of their code Th these com yeah. the, the tools will do it for everything, yeah. right? I will, and they I get will a say, lot of speed out of that I will as well. Say right? I will say that it's totally true that if you reduce the problem from getting to another platform to doing a port to simply it runs but it's slow, right? Like you can hire people like us, like what Rad does for uh, you know when we do our consulting stuff of like we'll just. It works? Okay, we got it from here, and we can right. go make that run right. quickly. So that, that's certainly true that getting to a place where you just simply are running from day one is, is, uh, is a good thing. Interestingly, so we do a lot of cross-platform at RAD, right? Right. Um, the funny things I find now when we do cross-platform stuff is not generally uh, the platform. Like, we do have abstractions like every game yes. company does that handles all that. And sometimes you find... Uh, friction where one operating system supports a particular uh, uh, style of, of uh, primitive, right. like, oh, this kind of mutex, we don't have recursive, right, but everybody right, else right. does. All right. those kinds of problems you got to yeah. deal with. That's actually not the problem. Generally, when we get running on uh, a new platform, interestingly, the, the things that take the time are generally bugs that are latent that are now exposed in a new platform. Mm. Like, oh, like, oh, hey... The way this shifted around, it exposed something that was, hey, there was this field that was always aligned, right. always. And then on this one, it's not. Yeah. And we never really marked up. And then it's right. like going through and finding right. that kind of stuff. So it is interesting. Now, that's good in terms of long-term robustness yeah. of your code. And in fact, I believe that's the reason why most of our stuff is pretty uh, strong at RAD. Because it's had to go through the multiple. Yeah, it ran on DOS. It ran on Windows. Right. It ran on Linux. Yeah. And then every one of those found another little tiny little thing. Um, and you could say, like, hey, uh, if we were probably uh, more robust about how we wrote it and then really, like, set uh, hard-coded uh, or kind of learned better from our mistakes, which I think in general programmers are terrible at learning from their mistakes. But uh, if we did, then maybe it's that's not as scale. necessary. But it is the thing that, in, in general, I, I run into the most. But, again, I guess some of that stuff could be part of the, uh, well, the, the it, platform. And these things aren't. This is the point, right, too, what I'm saying in terms of the complacency and so on. Yeah. Is these things aren't easy. Yeah. Right? If they were easy, we would have already had them. Yep. Like the open source cross-platform libraries that are out there today would have totally solved the problem if it were easy. Right. Right? The problem is these are very challenging problems, mm -hmm. right? But we're seeing solutions to challenge, like, like IPC or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. The 
we're now getting compilers that can sort of auto-generate SIMD. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, they can start doing a really good job now, right? right? When people who are serious about optimization start working on these tools, people who've been there, people who've right. written the like hardcore PlayStation 3 SPU, like memory transfer DMA nightmares, right. when they, if they start thinking, how do I make tools that make this easy to do? I think we can get past a barrier that we've been at for, God, I mean, 40 years? Yeah. I don't know how many, of this C that gets compiled into some stuff, and it's kind of some assembly language, it's whatever, and it runs, and if we need something fast, we gotta go do all kinds of crazy stuff, right? There's sort of this barrier there that we are never gonna get past. Right. But if we start thinking like, it's time for us to take that, like, like now is the time that we have to take that next step right. because it's like the industry is forcing us into it. I think we can do it. Right. I think we know enough now that we can start to make those next generation tools. Right. And that's the thing that really excites me because if you can get to that point, if you can truly, if you can finally hit the point of performant retargetable software, right. which we're not at today, then OS has become irrelevant. Mm -hmm. They're not a meaningful thing. Right. Yep. And that, I think, is where we need to be, not because I, I don't like operating systems, but because it seems to be entirely proven that commercial operating system companies cannot be trusted. Right, they right. simply can't. They always take advantage of the people who make their platform great. Right. They turn around and they stab them in the back. Right. I think that there's also an interesting thing there. It, it isn't also just the nature of cross-platform runtime stuff. The other big thing that has to happen, in my opinion, this is something Rad is actually going to do, is getting all the tools. Like, That's right. you need an editor. It's very important for a programmer's editor to always be the same. Yep. So, like, and that, for me, is covered. A lot of people, it isn't. But right. I can use Sublime on the other yep. platform, and it's exactly the same. Right. That's fine. But there's other things, like compilers. Like, it would be very nice to have on x86 ones to always use the same compiler. You can't right. quite do that now, but I think that's going to happen. Clang's going to continue, or and they're shipping Windows right. binaries. And if you have a thing also, like, retargetable, like, if you can build all of your targets from Clang on one machine... Yeah. These are huge things, yeah, right, that yeah. we don't have today, which right. are ridiculous. Like, we should be able to build any target right, right. from any machine. And we're doing some of, like, some of those things are really, like, we we're, right now we ship Windows DLLs on Macintosh and Linux at RAD. Right. And then we just wrote a DLL loader. loader. It's not that hard to do. And right. then you have this thing where, like, okay, now you have yeah. one simple target. Right. Uh, and then the the... the Editor compiler tools, debugger is a big one. Debugger is right. what Rad's going to do it coming up is like trying to tackle that. I'm excited about yeah. that. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm looking forward especially to because I live, I, as you know, a lot of programmers, there are programmers that live in the editor right. who stare at that's code me. and figure it out. Or there's programmers that live in the debugger, yeah. and that's me. Where yeah. I like, very rarely do I have a line of code that I didn't step through once in right. there. And so for me, the biggest part of getting to Linux for me is the fact that the debugger is so terrible. So that's what we're tackling next. And so, um, yeah, but it, I don't think all these things kind of stack on top of each other. And um, and yeah, even if it's not 100% performant initially, that's okay. Right, like right oh, now, absolutely. right now right. it's just such yeah. a uh, it's just such yeah. a slog. So Right. I mean, you um, start with 2D games or whatever. Right? You start yeah. with a simple case yeah. and you move upward from yeah. there. But I think we can do I it. I think it's pretty I'm simple. I'm optimistic about it. I think the industry is in a terrible state yeah. right now. And it's in a terrible state because because of Apple's guidance, because right. of Microsoft's guidance, because of Sony's guidance. Nobody is taking the openness and the ability to build things when a consumer buys a kit and the ability to ship them to other right. people. Nobody's taking that seriously. They're all treating it 
as something that can just go away entirely from the future and it'll be fine, even though everything, period, including everything that each one of them ships today, would not have been possible without the right. openness of the past. Yep. Right? They, are, they are literally biting the hand that fed them in right. that sense, right? Well, you um, think about the entire tool chain. The entire tool chain on every closed platform, on every closed platform, except Microsoft, wasn't written by the company that's closing the that's platform right. off. Like everything is built yep. on Clang or GCC or yeah. Open Tools, and they all got built yeah. that way. And and it's funny to think, and a lot, and, and the average person when they use their iPhone has no idea that underpinning this entire experience right. is a lot of stuff that I got for write. free. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So now, uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk about is, and, and, and I joke about this a lot with you, is like whether the store matters that much in the closing, like in uh, the Windows store. Yeah. And um, uh, and my, you know, there's there's the standard arguments of like, oh, the, the store can't exist because like the $300 million or the, the you know, the, uh, what is it? I'm sorry, $300 billion worth of software every year that's sold on the PC will never put up with giving up 20%, all that well, stuff. Okay, but, wait, yeah, but, yeah. but ignoring all that, because yeah. that's all boring and like, whatever. There's arguments against all of it. Well, and also Microsoft has not closed the payment model. Yeah. Yet. So Adobe will probably set up their own payment system or whatever, yep. right, or whatever. But anyway, keep so going. we recently um, added Windows 8 um, on uh, on on our products here at, at Rad, and so we have a very small footprint with the OS, and we've abstracted almost right. en entirely. So it's very quickly to get up, especially yeah. when you're on um, a, a chip that we already support, like x86. Right, it's painless. Right, because you already have the assembly yeah. written and all this stuff. So interestingly, we started doing uh, Windows 8. Um, for Windows Store apps, not for anything else, but Windows Store apps, right. being able to ship our libraries yes. to run in apps that are written there. Yeah. And I'm not even talking, let's throw RT out the window. Who cares? Right. right? Like, forget about ARM. I think consumers already have thrown it yeah, out the window. Yeah, just imagine. <laughs> just imagine. But well, yes. they're heavy, so yeah. 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 Uh, so well, they, uh, they never brought it into the window, I guess, the first time. True. They left it outside the window. The Okay, so what I'm talking about here is... Mm -hmm. Literally a machine. I'm running Windows 8. Yes. I have been building Windows, uh, previous versions of Windows software on this exact same machine. That's right. For about six months. I've, okay. I've, on one of my machines, I have Windows 8. I can build using our build tools to build all my stuff. I can debug. And these on are desktop my apps. Consoles. Yeah, but yeah, just yeah. desktop apps, and they've okay. been fine. So yeah. it's like, my thought is that this is going to take a day. Because okay. it's like the same okay. compiler. Let's right. point out, it's the same compiler. Right. It is the same operating system. Right. Yes. It is the same chip. Yes, it, it is. It is the same ABI. That's right. Every single thing yes. is the same. Yes. Except, except that it runs. Except one very important thing, Jeff. And that is yes. that they, uh, uh, when you go to the Windows Store app, there's not even a good name for this API anymore. Well, there's it's, supposed they to be. They call it Windows they, RT it was API. The Metro thing. Well, yeah, but they call. I mean, in the in the headers, it's known as the Windows uh, uh, RT yes, API, Win RT. which is weird because RT also refers to the fact of a Windows that runs on ARM. So it's a confusing thing of like, hey, what the API? Yeah. They just yeah. named it poorly. Well, they could have got a next gen here, Windows API or something. What they were thinking, right, was Windows uh, RT, the Windows runtime, is a layer that you write to. If you want to be able to run on all Windows devices, and the Windows RT 
platform is a device that can only run, run the things All that right. are written on Windows RT. Right. It kind of It's a message problem in my opinion. It's oh, very confusing. One of many yeah. that they have. Yes, but It's even hard to say That's for where us, that comes from, right? It's even hard to say for us as a software developer like, "Oh, you want to license Bing? Do you want that for Windows RT?" And they no, we just want Windows 8. I'm like, "Well, okay. So now it's like this weird thing yeah. like, do you want the Windows, Windows Store yeah, app right. version oh, of yeah. yeah. True. Don't tell me. I had to write that article like I'm, it was yeah. impossible to even refer to stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, You're like, nuts. when I'm saying Windows Store apps, I don't mean that they necessarily came from the store. I mean, even if you built them on that machine, right. like I'm like trying it's to, nuts. but it's like, ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, so all of those things are the same. The Windows RT API is ostensibly, uh -huh. I was like, okay, it's Win32. They probably took, a, it took away some of the, okay. you know, oh, we took away some of the insane things that you'd never do on a low-end platform. It's not Win32, is it? I thought it was totally not Win32. It is right? not Win32. It's not Win32 at all. Right? Well, I should say this. There are similarities. I haven't written for And the yet, similarities so. are such that it's almost worse that they're similar. Okay, okay? You because you expect them to work. You expect them to work a certain way. <laughs> um, and what is clear to me, so we have ported um, Iggy okay. uh, to consoles. Right. Which, with an insane level well, of optimization. DS, yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's... but even, I'm just talking about like, okay, when we go to run on a 360, we are doing insane shit okay. where we are like DMing at the same time we're rendering and like, okay. it's insane the okay. amount of stuff we do to make it fast. DMing on the 360. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For into the EDRAM. Yeah, right, well, yeah, to getting okay. in and out okay. for the EDRAM. Okay. Because you're overusing that because right. it's so Cause damn it's tiny. tiny. Anyway. Um, but, but I'm saying, it wasn't a recompile. It was a lot of work. Okay. It took less time to make a Windows Store app on x86 okay. on Windows on the same machine. I, I didn't you mean have more to, time. I yeah, assume. yeah, yes. Like it, it took longer. Okay. To get an Windows Store app API yeah. working than it did to do the optimizations at an insane level. Okay. For Bink, which is like so much less complicated than Iggy. Oh, that's it's true. Insane. It's insane. That's true. And yeah. and just to be be clear. This is Fabian doing this. Fabian right. at Rad. Who, yeah. if you set the Fabian test of like, if somebody, if right. Fabian can't yeah. do it, then it's it, all over. It's all yeah. over. So right. my point about the right. store yeah. is nobody is going to be able to make apps yeah. that run. Like they're going to be right. able to take really simple apps yeah. that don't do anything. I mean, well, let, I'm assuming, let, so what I'm assuming, right, is, and I, I don't know, but I would imagine that most of what people are shipping on the Windows. Uh, RT layer is actually not oh, C or C++. It's probably yeah, like yeah, JavaScript, probably, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, they're probably never they're, even... But they're, they're, their apps right? are not coming from Windows. They're coming from other really constrained or they're writing them. Platforms. they're writing them anew in... Like, they're yeah. not writing them in C or C++. They're in probably, C Sharp. Yeah. Right? And so they're probably not even seeing most so of this disaster. The uh, What I don't... What's amazing to me is uh, how much whoever designed this API or whatever, or the people, yeah, didn't sure even think about the experience of using it. It's insane. It's it, There are simple yeah. things like, um, we have Create Mutex right. in Windows API. You can't use that. You have to use Create Mutex EX. Okay. Create Mutex EX has an extra parameter. That extra parameter always has to be zero on okay. Windows RT. All right. There's no reason for that to have ever existed. Like right. you could macro, right. like there's no reason. Not only, and, 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 and not, but wait, but wait, wait, yeah. not only that, create mutex 
has a zero that's like for future expansion. You're just like, well, what are you doing? They, and, and that's that's like, I mean, but let me finish. That's right. an example of someone just being stupid. But yes. that is not particularly no. problematic, right? right? Like so that now, is not, and and it, that's know. simply annoying. Right. That's where you're like, because you make the macro, and you just keep doing right. it and yeah. keep doing it and keep right. doing it, and and you're just like, this is absurd. It's right. just work for right. no good yeah, reason. It's silly. But let's set aside those. Yeah. And there's a ton of them. There's a, right. stuff in there where. This fails the smell test of like right. a second year programmer right. would go, right. wait, why, why are we right. doing this? They don't have any second year programmers right. left. Those are all gone. Yeah, they, they're only first years and interns at this point. The bigger stuff for us are things like, there are no threads. They said, yeah, and, 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 and you're, I don't know what's and you, that. that is, you're like, wait, that's impossible. And they're like, oh no, okay. Well, we have these things and it's called it's the thread pool. Right. And the thread pool is something that you, have little right. tasklets. They call right. you and do it, and like will start. Yeah. And I, to be clear, I think that's a good thing to be in the OS because there's right. lots of times when you have, like, game stuff and our stuff that are little tasklets, and now you have to have some weird threading thing where like you kind of oversubscribe and like oh, so it is kind of nice to be in the OS. Okay. That being the only thing right. is insane. Right. Some, and someone is in be, the deep end of the thread pool at that because point. Because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they didn't look see the no diving yeah, thing, no right? And they're in the thread pool, full up to their to now. Their, uh, now, what's kind of amazing is quickly. it's clear when you look at this API mm -hmm. that what happened is they did that. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, someone said, "Oh, guys, there's a shit ton of things that threads do. Yeah. That aren't tasklet. <laughs> they're just like background shit that happens all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. How do we do that?" So they added this flag to the thread pool creation okay. where you can say this task runs all the time and I want you to swap me out if 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 I if my if my time slice. And I'm like, like that's, that's a thread. <laughs> we had an API. So you did the, the, you could have just turned on this other API. That this API that you're like, "Oh well, you know, they want to keep it slim and stuff." The API is still there because it's running every old app all day long. Well, and in fact, yeah. on that platform, yeah. the thread pool is sitting on top of that API yeah, yeah, yeah. even. Yeah. So, and, and, and that is the things, and again, like you can sort of make wrappers, but a lot of that stuff is just so different now yeah. where like, well, okay, and nowhere else in a single platform do you abstract how often you want to be task switched. Right. And you go, well, that doesn't matter because you're sleeping in it. And it's like, no, you get beat patterns all the time. Right. If yeah, you yeah, say, yeah. only wake me up 30 milliseconds, yeah. but you're waking up at, and you're doing work for 13, you have this weird prime number thing where you're like, yeah. oh, you skip a big long thing. And then like in IO, well, we just drop out. So there's all kinds of designs yeah. like that. There's things like- But um, I would just point out something too with the thread pool situation, right? Like. Current threading systems, the primary problem with them is that you don't have enough control over yeah. when things are. I've never written threaded code before and gone, Whoa, God, I wish I had less I control. Just have, I've got too much control over yeah, when my stuff yeah. is running here. Like, this is really this, a problem for me. I just don't know what to do. It's like, no, it's usually stuff like, gosh, I really wish I could tell the operating system that I need this thing to wake up, you know, right, right before that this. These, like, two, I, these yeah, two threads are right. related in a complex yeah, and way like, and, and don't just randomly. Yeah. So, so I have to do something kind of crazy to work around it. And so like the concept that we would go to something even more abstract right. is ridiculous. Well, I mean, and, 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 and the, the, the amazing thing about this, and, 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 and this is I'm picking on this particular one because it is such a complete fuck up. And, and I haven't even hit the big one, and that's this. The idea behind the thread pool yeah. 
is that when the machine is running out of juice or running low on juice right. or uh, or any number of things that the operating you're system decides. You're talking like a battery-powered machine. You're talking low about, on batteries. Yeah. Let's about. just use that as the example, but there's other okay. places that this could happen. <clears throat> okay. What Microsoft says the reason for the thread pool is, is because the thread pool... They actually stated the, a reason? Yes. Where the is reason, reason The reason for the thread pool okay. is because they can stop... They can shut down cores, and your thread pool, you, you, the, 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 the um, design of a thread pool app is these little things that run. So you can be running with 30 things, or hey, they can slide it back to one, it and it still works. Way. The concept that somehow yeah. the OS is deciding for not just me as the developer, but also the end user, what to right. do with their app, is right. this incredibly invasive thing of like right. Microsoft can't make a platform that lasts more than six hours right, right. Yeah. why do we think why are we let why are they in charge of right. like deciding when the battery yeah. life's gonna right. go yeah, short yeah. they don't know what the fuck they're doing all the time and then the idea that like <laughs> oh I'm sitting there playing a game or I am typing right. in a web browser and, the and they go, and the cores went away. So right. immediately all of a sudden the timing is wrong in the game or all of a sudden the typing slows down such that like your natural key rhythm is disrupted is, is absurd. There's no way. Even Apple lets you have threads, right? Even yeah. Apple is not trying to have the operating system vanish well, hardware out from yeah, they do I, they do that with memory right they so do, that's they a, do that kind of thing on on iOS with other system resources it's just it's just bizarre to me that well yeah and the that, other that's thing, a that's so and 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 so that in t on tops of there's things like sound resources that just but vanish that's, so that's all another, these things that are are you just say oh you just wrap it and like not all these things wrap anymore well that's like, the, the other thing right the the core sort of point of problem there is that also kind of demonstrates how little you are committed to performance, right? Right. Because in general, performance is not something that has granular scalability. Right. There is yeah, no right, such right. there is no such thing as an application yeah. which can do something like take as a parameter the number of cores right. to run on and like granularly scale. Yeah. It's like I think it's, no, because I think, performance is very much about targeting a specific thing. Yeah. And so you can have for example, an application that has two modes, right? You might have, like, and for example, PC games will do this a lot, right? There's settings, and I can go in and I can say, I'm going to turn these things off to get a higher frame rate right. or to use less power or whatever it is, right? Yeah, run the game in low, but right. I chose that. Not only did you choose it, but that's... It's not on the fly. <laughs> but, well, no, right. But that is about picking the feature set to decide how much power you're going to use. You cannot dump all of those features into a thread pool <laughs> and have it start scheduling them all on one core, right? right. That doesn't make any sense. So right. the app needs to be the person who knows how to respond right. to a need to reduce battery, whoever it comes right. from. I, if you're like, we need to reduce the number of cores, that's fine, but that's right. an event. Right. The event is we need to go into low power mode now. Right. And so again goes, okay, I'm going right. to turn off all of my shit that I'm doing. I'm going to kill all of these things that were in the thread yeah. pool. They're done, right? right. Like, the, And we're going to change, or, or start some new ones that are different. And that's the reality of how the yeah. programming has to actually work, is you have to reconfigure that way. So the concept that you would need to introduce an abstraction layer that makes it so as a programmer on an app, I don't need to know 
right. that you're scheduling them on less cores is is beyond is ludicrous. Absurd. If that's actually it's true. Also, to be fair, I have not used these thread pulls, yeah. so I'm taking you at your word. Here. Yeah. The other awesome thing about all this is that you can uh, uh, let's say it goes into low power, and it starts scheduling on fewer cores. The app didn't know that this happened. Maybe there's a way to find I, out. There must be. I, but be. let's assume that the concept is with this API that you don't have to do that. They're still feeding crazy shit to the GPU 100% of the time. They're still sending textures that are like to that. Like, right, they don't that's know. Not, that's that's that the down, thing yeah. that's doing the juice too. And yeah. like you're not right. going to just like all of a sudden shrink everybody's textures. It's just it's offensive to me that like, oh, you don't understand. You'll do this wrong, so we'll do this right. right. Like, and no, it's like, you, you can't do it right. Do it right. Yeah, you can't, you, you, there's right. not a right way to yeah. do that. There's not an abstraction that lets you do that without the app being involved in that brokering right. of resources. And so anyway, uh, yeah. so well, my I, point but, about but the store probably, of all this. I, I would guess, right, and I mean, I feel like most of these things come out of the same problem, which is that, mo you know, this is good programmer, bad programmer, right? Good programmer always writes the usage code first, right? And mm -hmm. bad programmer doesn't. That's just true. It's across the board, right? The better programmer you are, the more often you write the usage code for something you're going to do before you write right. the thing. Right. It's like rule number one. Yep. And the reason is because only when you actually sit down and make the actual thing in the actual way that it has to work, do you really know what is required to make that thing work properly? Right. And I would imagine that the vast majority of all of the new Microsoft APIs, just as actually, unfortunately, many of the old APIs in the previous versions of Windows and many operating systems for that matter, are written without serious professional applications being developed as test cases first. Right. Going, here is how these things will be called, right? right. And so nobody, well, pick up a Windows RT device and you will see that there exists no right. performant application for it. Well, so I, we know they didn't have well, one that's, because there still aren't any yeah, That's a today. great, that's a cool but, thing where they're like, RT is completely asynchronous. You need to write everything with these little, th you know, little uh, task yeah. books that do everything. Their own apps it doesn't are janky up. as hell it's and totally slow. Right. And this yeah. is a 1.5, uh, uh, yeah. This this is not a slow thing. This is four cores. Right. This is a pretty good GPU. It's not great, it, and it's just yeah. It's just and everything. I, comes, I, I mean, I'll put you. Let me just say the last yeah. thing. A Windows RT app written completely in C plus plus and assembly on an x86, uh, hardcore, really focused on your SSE and everything else to make it fast. The entry point is managed. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just like, yeah. you've already lost. And like you, don't you, start to, you don't want to see that stack frame too. Because I bet by the time you get into your app, <laughs> there are like 5,000 return right. addresses on That's the stack. Like you have to go all the way down there to get, you know, who knows what's happening. There's, you're inside a string constructor that parses right. stuff That's... that loaded. There was a file object that opened and it's That's still awesome. in its constructor and you're going through and it's... Yeah, you're having a party in there by the time yeah. you get to your app, I bet. The other awesome... Um, well, let me just say one last thing that's pretty awesome is... Uh, when you build these Windows apps, yeah. um, you know, you build them with, you know, hey, I'm building RT and you set a whole bunch of, I mean, I'm not even talking about like the deployment and like how you oh, get a, good it, God. It, it, I have a certificate ten, key and I'm signing, it's 10 like, times worse. It is 10 times worse than developer. iOS. Oh, and I'm on my own machine. This is not like copying right, like just something. Like a little device. It's, it's an not. actual, yeah. So one of the awesome things is yeah. uh, you can call the old APIs. They're there. 
They're all there. You just Everything's want to certify there. or something? You have to run a Windows tool called a Windows certification thing to see if you used anything illegal. Like right now, like the way we got it up and running quickly is we we're just like, I don't want to deal with this red pool yet. I'm going to deal with it, but I don't want to deal with it right. yet. Let's get it all running and the rendering and all that working. Okay. Just like, oh, call the, call the old stuff. You just, you just can't ship right. that. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. everyone's Everyone is yeah, fired. Right. Everyone is fired. The other, uh, if, if you do build for an ARM device, that's not true. But at least for an x86, everything's there, and you just have to like yeah. not use it. Well, I mean, um, for those fifty thousand consumers, you won't be able to reach without uh, <laughs> without ARM support. Uh, you sure you want to take that step, Jeff? As a massive loss, profits there. It's, it's by the way, they're all Microsoft employees. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah. There's also awesome stuff of like there's yet another sound API, which puts like. The number of like, hey, wave out to direct sound, to X audio, to um, Wasabi, to down to core audio. Like they just keep, keep doing You'd think, you know the monkeys on a typewriter get Shakespeare? Yeah, You'd think right. that eventually no. an audio okay. API would like accidentally work. Well, here's the problem. Just have you read the sheer number of most them. of it's crap. That's the thing that no one points out. It's like, yes, the monkeys will eventually type Shakespeare. Wherefore art thou reverb? Right. A lot of Shakespeare plays are really bad, right? And like, you know, and very inaccessible, which is basically what this API is, right? Bad and inaccessible. <laughs> and so I feel like, yeah, the monkeys may be typing it, but they're not typing anything yeah. good. Anyway. The, the, uh, so so the, the, yeah. just to sum up, the funny thing say. about this is, I don't think it's possible to write big applications on that. <laughs> well, I just don't. Possible. I don't think it is. I'm sure it well, is. Well, like, I, I'll put it to you this way. Office on ARM right. ships in this weird desktop mode. Oh, yeah. They oh, have yeah. some... That. That's, what's yeah, amazing about that, that is, is yeah. RT for ARM has no desktop mode. There's no desktop mode. There's no desktop mode. Right. If you run Office on right. an ARM device yeah. and hit File Save As... Bloop. Yeah. It's a desktop. Yeah. There's a trash can in the corner. Yeah. It's the real. No, yeah. it's still there. Yeah. They're just the only ones that can use it. And right. you know why? They got 40 million lines of code. Yeah, right. There's yeah. no way they're gonna get right. running yeah. on Windows yeah. RT. So my my belief yeah. Again, is they're gonna anti, they're gonna course correct. Antitrust. I hope that I just I mean I'm crossing my fingers that the they co course correct by like Windows 9 or 10 and go okay all right all right <laughs> that was another Vista disaster. And and it's true like in Europe. They're selling like Windows uh, 7 is still selling 9 to 1 to Windows 8. So right, yeah. on desktops. Yeah. So it is totally possible to go, all right, we got another Vista on our hand. We got to course correct back the other way. Put the start button back in and then have this other mode. Like yeah. uh, like my the envision of what Windows 8 in my head was. Yeah. Um, and actually when I use it, uh, when I use it in the way that they want you to, it's not that bad. In the sense of, I'm working all day on my desktop on Windows 8. I've installed a little start bar button. It feels like Windows 7. At the end of the day, I'm like, I want to watch a video. I can hit the Windows thing and like Netflix and, and the video player and all that is nicely integrated into the environment. And it is a very, I'm mentally switching modes because I'm not programming generally while I'm doing that. And, and uh, so it, I don't mind that switch there and I kind of, or if I'm surfing the web, if it's this nice, smooth, op web-optimized UI, I'd be, I would have been happy with that. It's this weird thing now that it's neither one of those things, right? Where it's not well, that great to surf the web. It's yeah. really slow for some reason. The, I guess because they sandbox the shit out of it. But like the surfing on the browser on the RT side is much, or on the App Store side or the Metro side yeah. is way slower than the exact same browser on the desktop side. I so. don't. I mean, I guess. 
Yeah, from my perspective, I was actually kind of uh, hoping if, if before they started doing all this ridiculousness, before I found out about this ridiculousness, I guess they were always doing it. But uh, before I found out about this ridiculousness with the with the Windows 8 restrictions and the stupid API layers and all this stuff, right? I mean, I actually like uh, having a Windows that was good on tablets is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would have been great. And yeah. I like the UI. You know, mm -hmm. I I have never liked the iPad UI. Right. So I wasn't thinking like you know I didn't pick up a Windows device and go oh this is terrible you know right. terrible anything I was like oh this, I would rather use this than than an iPad probably. So it's entirely like. All of this just gets back to, you know, I guess incompetence and greed right. on the dev side, really. It's right. like they are greedy because they want to lock down the control. They want right. they want the control for themselves. They want to keep that right. control. That's, even a, though that's whole, a policy problem. Even though their whole company exists. Because of open. Not maybe because of open, just because yes. of a conscious decision to be yes, open. Like they right. decided yep. to open their environment. Yep. Everybody can write on Windows. Yep. That was right. their plan. Yep. They beat Apple already. Yeah. They beat them again yeah. if they did the same yes. thing. I mean, All Google's already beating them. That's right. Following a similar strategy. That's right. Yes. So there's that, right? And there, and then the other side of it is just incompetence on the dev side. Like yeah. they, they clearly are fully off the rails. Yeah. They don't understand what it takes to create a proper SDK for people to use. Yeah. Because again, the goal of any software development environment is to let people do the thing they're trying to do with the minimal amount of effort, mm -hmm. right? That's what you're always trying to do. So there's a couple ways you can know if you didn't do that. And one of them is if your API is like 80,000 calls long. Right. You probably aren't doing something mm -hmm. wrong. Another one is if your like hello world example program is like, Right. A thousand lines of code plus like tons of library right. stuff that they're like I, generating for you with like XML types. Like, this is a problem because Hello World used to be one yeah. line of code. It was like printf yeah. Hello World, right? right. Like, it's that's also what it should look like. It's also like if you look at the DX examples, right. they come with this huge framework of shit. And you're like, oh, no yeah, game. And the first thing we do, and, and this is true of most of the consoles. I mean, the first thing we have to do is unravel that shit. Because we want on. an example, like that the whole point yeah. is we want an example program that's less than a thousand lines that yeah. shows how to use our product. Yeah. That'll be 950 lines of setting the shit up now. Yeah, yeah. And all the work is actually unraveling the goddamn framework, right? And it's like, that's not what people want. Right. Like you can actually tell, you can actually get up and running on a 360 from nothing way faster from the bink example program than you would <laughs> from the crazy framework because you're like wait there's a callback called render i'm like am i supposed so i draw there where do i do my work where's my goddamn game loop yeah. it's a game console why is there no game loop in this there's like some weird idle thing and you're like no this is not how people write code not that your own customers right. a, 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 a narrow niche you right. weren't able to hit correctly right so I don't know. It is so my my the, the 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 kind of funny thing I've been saying is that the store doesn't matter as much because there's no way any apps end up over there. But right. we'll see. But I I mean I hope that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, think I think the point I but the the point was well taken of like if we even if we don't get fucked by this even if Windows nine comes right. out and they're like all right my bad we take we're the putting store the, the the you can ship we let you sh like you can ship store apps whether right. you buy them or not you can download yeah. them from somebody's site because right. that's all i want that would yeah. solve a big problem yes, it's like fuck keep, keep your store i don't yeah. care 
If you can compete and like earn that twenty percent by it. by the making the nicest like I right. press a button and my app's on there right. and I can update it. You're still getting sanctioned by the EU. Like there's nobody's business. right, right. Having still, only your store installed by default. Yeah. You can't oh, even right. have only your browser installed. So right. They they exactly. will be getting sanctioned <laughs> even if true. I have to call up the European Union myself yeah. and, and remind them to do wrong. so. That's gonna happen, and I'm gonna enjoy it. Okay, so even if but, so, if they if that was an option, so yeah. that'd be fine. So I can ship these goddamn crazy apps, yeah, um, charms, and yes. and and. No, and, they're not charms. The charms are things on the little bar. But I mean, you use to make a charm. There's no way to make a charm using the desktop API. You cannot make a charm. Period. Wait, charms are off limits. Charms are what Microsoft ships on that little bar. Okay, I thought the charms were the that's hot tiles. You're thinking of a live tile. Live tile. God. Get the terminology right for crying out loud. Anyway, yeah. this is probably probably it got some branding issues. The funny thing is, is they brand everything. Yes. And the brands are just like they've gone bananas Ooh, on yeah. this. Yeah. The brands. The brands, the brands bananas. are bananas. Because the, the the best part of it is that they switched to live tiles, but then they killed Windows. Live. They killed Windows Live. <laughs> it's like so they're like wait, what? Okay, ship it. So so even so if in Windows 9 they even reverse course and they like we put the start button back in so people right. in desktop mode are not fucked. Right. And uh, they fix the store even if they and, and allow multiple stores and allow you to download yeah. Metro apps just from somebody's site. Let's yeah. say they did those two things and yeah. like okay whatever. That's great. Right. But you could that doesn't mean it's not going to happen ever again. Well, this is the problem, right? So, this this is the George Bush like fool me can't get fooled again, right? right. Like <laughs> <laughs> fool me once, shame on the, me. Right. Fool me. Well, well fool me can't, can't get fooled again. Yeah, can't get whatever, fooled again. Whatever that great line is. Uh, he does pause where he's definitely – and I, I feel bad in that one because you can – He's trying. He's reaching he's trying for it, it. And it's like, and, and like hey, he knows yeah. there's a gap. And he's right. like, okay. Yeah. And then that's the only thing that comes. And I would totally say but something like that. But I like the like way that. he dismissed uh, it too. He's, yeah. like, he's like, well, fool me can't get fooled again. Like right. he, he says it like in a colloquial sense. Like – like everyone knows, I would you can't so, get fooled again. I would so do that. You would do yeah. that. Uh, you're like our own little Georgia. You uh -huh. say nuclear. I can't nuclear. say nuclear. Nuclear. That's what you say. Nuclear. 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 Yeah. nuclear. That's just like he says it. I think it's I, nuclear. Yeah. In the Midwest, um, like, nuclear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nuclear. Ginger's but, uh, on board with that too. Who? Ginger. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, <clears throat> I think the thing that everyone has to ask themselves is, how many times do I want to go through this? Yeah. We went through it once before, yep. in a much less sense, right? Uh, where I felt like it was maybe uh, the thing with the antitrust before is a lot of it was focused on like the Netscape situation right. like that, which I didn't really care about yep. because I don't care about Netscape. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like that was a, a this yeah. But one of the interesting things about the antitrust thing before was all the ridiculous like uh, required bundling with hardware right. and all that stuff. Like that stuff really was bad for the industry. Like you want open competition among operating mm -hmm. systems. It's never bad to have open competition. If Microsoft is the best operating system, then they will win. So yep. it should be fine, right? Mm -hmm. And if they're worse, people should have the opportunity to not be at a disadvantage if they want to go buy something else, yeah. right? I, I feel like, you know, the anyone who is into the standard American capitalism model, if you believe in that, like that is how that works. You yep. can't have monopolies and still have capitalism. They don't mm -hmm. work together at all, right? Mm -hmm. Like monopolies are the sort of communist, they are the, the right. thing that people claim to hate about socialists when what, one person gets to decide right. everything that you get to do and you right. don't have that competition. So, you know, assuming that you're, you know, on that path, you have to go like, okay, obviously they did this before. Mm -hmm. They're doing it again now. So there's no reason for us to assume right. that these are isolated incidents. It's just as soon yeah. as they were able to do it again, they did. Right? I would did. say I would say I would say even another 
more an example that is closer to me, mm -hmm. which is they've done they've tried to wreck the PC platform twice. Vista right. came out after five years; it was a disaster. Nobody used it. Well, tr I don't know if tried to wreck. I don't. No, but I mean, like they, they, Vista they, was they, an accidental wreck. Yeah. Uh, well. Even, let's say Windows, maybe they're just idiots and they don't realize how bad they're messing things up. Sure, I'm sure. just saying we have now two recent examples of them uh, crashing fucking yeah. PC sales while yeah. Vista was out. Right. Like, yes. causing problems for HP and yeah. Dell and con all these companies that are like, fuck, the, you, the, your As main even, operating system even, is fucking us so up. So even Valve, I remember, yeah. was saying that it like, is, Gabe, Gabe is, Windows Vista's custom was a disaster for them. They yeah. said for them, yeah. right? And it's like, Gabe was totally right on this, yeah, and I yeah. actually looked right past it. Yeah. And um, uh, it is like they almost fucked up PCs. They came up with Windows 7 that just kind of, roll, they, it, they did improve some stuff, but there's a lot of just rollback of the th broken right. stuff in Vista. Right. You're like, oh, thank God. And here they do it again. So yeah. they've done it twice now recently. Yeah. So there's a good chance. Yeah. Like, I mean, we hope nine course corrects. They may correct the other way and make it worse. But, or they may make it better and it's 10 again that's fucked. We have no idea. The point is yeah. we have ample evidence that relying on them right. is dangerous. And that's one of the yes. reasons why, like for us, uh, Rad particularly, we our Linux cells are tiny. And not only are they tiny, um, we generally have to sell the licenses cheaper, right? Because right. the games are smaller. Right. Um, but in all of our sales, it's 70% Windows. If Windows is away, we're screwed. So right, right. that's why we're and investing in, in Linux is like, it needs to get better uh, by the time that that's our only alternative. Well, I think the other thing there too is I look at Android actually as a good example of how surprisingly easy it is to get something done in this space. Yeah. With apologies to Google, yeah. who is trying to do a lot of good things, I think, mm -hmm. actually. Android, especially when it first came out, was a piece of garbage. Yep, That true. was a terrible, yep. terrible operating system. But it was open, and so people lived with it. Here's right. the thing. It was a freely available, hardware agnostic thing that hardware vendors could use to ship a product. And you know what? Every last one of them did. It right. is everywhere right. now. Mm -hmm. So what that says to me is that hardware vendors are ready and willing yeah. to ship devices if they are given a stable, supported operating system that they can ship that actually has some consumer appeal to it, yep. that they will ship it. Yep. So I think people are just waiting to get off the Microsoft bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Because they feel, even if you don't, haven't thought about it the way that I'm saying, you felt it, you know every right. day you are in a bad world because yeah. of this. You know that your life is harder yeah. because Windows driver development is a well, pain gonna, in the butt. The Windows yeah. operating system is sketchy and changes too much. Well, think about, right? the, think about the, the business cu customer who's yeah. like, Shit, we can't go to Windows 8 because it changes right. everything, right. and we don't have. We Metro can't even apps. ship our own we can't, apps without enterprise uh, we're just not license. Gonna, there's no reason. Like, now that's we're we're just doing Windows 7, which right. hey, maybe that's an alternative. Right. Except for the fact that Windows 7 doesn't have any of the latest drivers for anything. Right. So out right. of the box, right. you're like doing weird uh, yes. 
pushes of yeah. drivers and like you, now you can buy the Windows 7 or not buy but you can download the yeah. ISO where people have put in all the latest drivers right. from some goddamn place in Turkey or somewhere right, right, now, yeah. that's going to be fine right. you're right. like yeah don't worry about it this there's, is fun. There's no, there's no chance that like the Chinese hackers yeah. haven't put anything Any in there. there. Right? Yeah, That's right. A, no yeah damn it, right, right. Of anyway, course. yeah. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah so so I think personally, I feel like at this point, it seems pretty clear to me that our problem right now is actually an organizational problem, not a technology problem, and not a market problem. Maybe not even organization. It's just like a commitment. A like, like it is. We have not gotten together and established the leadership and the determination to take a bunch of our highly skilled people and solve this problem, right? right? right. Because if we did, I think it is game over because, yeah. because there's only one of two things that can happen. Either that thing takes off and it becomes the new standard that yeah. people ship stuff on because everyone's sick and tired of this crap or everyone else has to step up their game. And if right. they do, so much the better. Yep. If Microsoft magically stops shipping non-crappy stuff routinely, right. So much it's, the better. But that's not going to happen, I don't right. think. So I think we're pretty much one. One thing that's know. one thing that's kind of interesting is whether uh, it's going to be Linux or whether it will be Android on the desktop, which you can download and install now on machines um, just fine, right? They have an x86 version, uh, yeah. so it is kind of interesting. Of like, they're very similar. I think Java as a basis for your system is really yeah dangerous. yeah that yeah that's true most of the I native stuff like, is yeah, that's like it, most of the there is there is all native like, apis yeah. but they a right. lot of them thunk so that's true no, it's, not, um, it's not good yeah there is ubuntu on tablets coming so you can see that i think in six I, months you'll be able to see linux on I think, yeah, small devices i think we need yeah there's a lot of software engineering that yeah. has to happen but yeah. i think if we start now yeah and we're serious if you get about the tools this, in place then you can a start years before this is all then you can start now. solving yeah. the things like hey the installers are all ridiculous just fix all right. that yeah. it's all it fixable mm -hmm. it just takes it just takes the work yeah, you know, yeah. Sit down and do it. yeah. i mean because there is things there are things that are just magically better already on linux like if if your if your machine Actually, won't boot, you can get support? you can get Linux. Like if your if if you have a disk problem, like every disk utility in the world now, yeah, comes on a Linux right, ISO, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, a distribution yeah. on a USB key that boots up yeah. because like they care about that shit. By the way, we could have a whole thing about the nightmare of booting now. Right. Of like oh, we yeah, could yeah. talk about how insane that is. We should well, do Linux, a podcast just Linux on that. Linux has a lot of problems, but like I said, they're all solvable yeah. problems. I don't know whether you care about solving Linux problems or if you just make something yeah. else. I don't. I don't know exactly what the so, right solution is. All I know is it's not that hard. And, and here's yeah. a, this is an example I was here's running the, around the other day that I think is worth noting, which is that most of the problem of writing an operating system is if you try to make it run on a lot of different hardware. But you don't really have yeah. to do that anymore, yep. right? You could just you. I think this thing could even be successful if you just said. Listen, this is it. This right. is the hardware specs. They got to conform right. to this and that's it. Right. Yep. It's you know, it's You could make a good argument that if you made it run on a uh, an Intel based laptop, that's 50% of the machines sold in the PC market. Right. And just Intel like, integrated, yeah, just whatever. Just deal with that and then add the fancy and here's, stuff later. Here's the other thing I that, mean, that's not what you want to do cuz you want to target the high end too cuz those are the people that actually oh, yeah, absolutely. make the thing. Um, but there are the software things. I mean, you can make the list, but the big ones are there's no there there's no Quicken, there's no Premiere. GIMP is fine. I've used GIMP. Inks, uh, Inkscape is great. Well, but there's there's non software so, things, right? You like the the audio needs yeah. to be fixed. Yeah. They've had four audio systems now, I think, and they're all very yeah. bad. So the audio needs to get solved by someone real. Yeah. You need to go like 
this is how audio is done. It is correct, and we right. are sticking with this system for the next 10 years. Like, we are going to refine right. this system, and off we go, right? right? That needs to get solved. Uh, Have you the, ever looked at the SDL code for audio? I don't it's insane. It's insane. I mean, uh, they do they do wrap all that shit I'm, I'm in a not very good API, yeah. but yeah. it's all wrapped. But it's insane. So uh, there's also the fact that like their uh, their the EXT file system is and the yeah. way that it works is not good. Yeah. Like uh, I like ch checking file dates takes ZFS. hundreds yeah. of times more than an NTFS performance wise, which is a disaster yeah. for uh, source code control utilities and all these sorts of things. There's a lot of like systemic problems. They're not hard to fix. Again, so somebody has to go fix that. Well, ZFS right? was supposed to be the savior. That was going to be the thing that everybody would be running on. Is that, by now. Is that going? Now, it's fantastic, or? but no. Oracle bought uh, when Oracle bought Sun. They have the patents on that stuff, and unlike Sun, they're like, no, you can't use it. That's why ZFS was supposed to be a MacOS, but it's not because of Oracle fantastic. rights problems.